It's night in the big city. A lawyer has troubled sleep. The dogs can smell rain. This is Theme Time Radio Hour with your host, Bob Dylan. Welcome back to Theme Time Radio Hour. And put the apples away. We're not trying to keep the doctor away this week. Matter of fact, we're going to invite him in. Because for the next hour, we're going to discuss that noble occupation, the followers of Hippocrates, our men in white, or nowadays sometimes in green. I've actually seen scrubs of many different colors. Well, anyway, we're discussing doctors. Cicero once said, In nothing do men more nearly approach the gods than in giving health. So whether you're a podiatrist, a urologist, a dermatologist, a cardiologist, a hematologist, a gastroenterologist, psychiatrist, pediatrician, or obstetrician, we got the show for you. We're going to be talking about spin doctors. We're going to play doctor. We're going to doctor the books. We're going to talk about Dr. Strangelove, Dr. Who, Dr. Doom, Dr. Phil, Dr. Zhivago, Dr. Death, and Dr. Nick. I always thought I might want to be a doctor. Well, else could you ask a woman to take off her clothes and send a bill to her husband? Let's start things off with the Rolling Stones from their album Beggar's Banquet and the story of a shotgun wedding. Here's Dear Doctor. Oh, help me, please, doctor. I'm damaged. There's a pain where there once was a heart. It's sleeping, it's abating. Can't you please tear it out?
I was dear doctor by the Rolling Stones. I love Mick's hillbilly accent. The first doctors could be seen in ancient cave paintings, some of them 17,000 years old. They show men in animal masks performing ritual dances. As towns and villages became more complex, herbalists, birth attendants, bone setters, and healer priests became part of society. In ancient Mesopotamia, an official medical system was created. It was based on a framework of omens and divination. Ancient Egypt, in the time of the pharaohs, had a threefold system of healers. There were physicians, priests, and sorcerers. Even back then, they had specialists. The first secular medical practitioners in the West can be found in the 5th century BC. These are the Hippocratic doctors, and we'll be discussing their oath a little bit later. From the first time you learn to take a pulse, it's there. The throbbing beat of life under your fingertips, echoing through your stethoscope, whispering all around you as the living, beating heart of man pounds out its urgent message. Life must go on. Life must go on. Life must go on. That's the challenge you accept in the study of medicine. One place you're going to find a lot of doctors is St. James Infirmary. This song's history is convoluted and fascinating. Louis Armstrong recorded it as early as 1928, but goes back much further. According to one study, it got its start as a ballad called The Unfortunate Rake and dates at least to 1848 in County Cork, Ireland. There's a West Indian version from the 19th century, and there's another version that traveled west with the pioneers. This variation is known as the Cowboy's Lament. Basically, it's the same story, where in St. James Infirmary, it says, Six pity maidens with a bunch of red roses, Six pity maidens to sing me a song. The Cowboy's Lament says, Get sixteen cowboys to carry my coffin. Get sixteen pretty ladies to bear up my pal. Sometimes instead of ladies, they request gamblers to carry the coffin. I prefer ladies. A version from 1934 was collected from a prisoner in Sugarland, Texas. It's called St. James Hospital, and this is the real link between the folk ballad and the pop tune, The Unfortunate Rake and St. James Infirmary. Most of the versions used the melody, which is close to the streets of Laredo. What ended up happening was, The Unfortunate Rake is closer to St. James Infirmary, and the cowboy's lament, which was based on the same ballad, turned into streets of Laredo. I know it sounds confusing, you're right. One thing that gets rid of any confusion is actually listening to it. Here's the great blind guitarist, Snooks Eglin, with his version of St. James Infirmary. I was down to St. James Infirmary See if my baby's there she was stretched out on a long white table So sweet, so cold, so fast Let her go, let her go, oh God bless her Wherever she may be She's been looked this whole wide world over 
and never find another man like me. When I die, you could bury me in Edmund Clapp's shoes. Dad's back with a twenty-dollar hat. Put a twenty-dollar gold piece in my pocket and let the fellas know I died standing fast. James Infirmary from 1959 on Theme Time Radio Hour, where music meets medicine. Jules and Sal Bahari ran a record label in Los Angeles. Actually, they ran a bunch of them. They had modern, they had colonial, they had flair. Mostly, they recorded blues and R&B. But just like Sid Nathan, they saw there was a big market for hillbilly music. So they tried to dip their toe into that market. They didn't have as much success as some of the other labels, but they recorded some good examples of hillbilly music. Here's one of them, Homer Clemens and his Texas Swingbillies, Operation Blues. Now won't you climb up on this table, pull up that gown, raise up that left leg, let that right leg down, pull off them stockings, that silk underwear. Cause the doctor's got to cut you, mama don't know where The doctor knows his business, the doctor knows just what to do Two monk wrenches, one old hall shade Two pair of britches, that's all I can say Your ribs are all loosened, your carburetor's saw. I snuck into your hood and clean your spark plugs all. The doctor knows his business. The doctor knows just what to do. up on this table, jerk up that gown, raise up that left leg, let that right leg down, pull off them stockings, that silk underwear, 
Cause the doctor's got to cut you, mama don't know where The doctor knows his business, the doctor knows just what to do Two month ranges, one old hall shade Two pair of step-ins, that's all I can say Be careful, mama, what you gonna do eat Stop your run round, don't take on too much meat. Doctor knows his business, the doctor knows just what to do. To do. Climb up on this table and pull up that gown. Raise up that left leg, let the right leg down. That was Operation Blues, Homer Clemens and his Texas Swing Bellies. Some doctors are more diligent than others. Not all just pill-peddling quacks. Some of them actually care. Some of them even look at the bigger picture, like Dr. Jonas Salk. In America, in the 50s, a lot of parents would become frightened in the summertime, because this is when children by the thousands would become infected with a crippling disease of polio. Well, Dr. Jonas Salk eliminated that fear forever when he developed a vaccine that worked against the disease. He never patented the polio vaccine, but distributed it freely so the whole world could benefit from its discovery. Are you listening, Pfizer? One guy that Dr. Salk could have helped was also called Doctor. Well, he was a doctor in name only. Doc Pomus was born Jerome Felder. His brother is Raoul Felder, the famous divorce attorney. Doc was crippled by polio, but wouldn't give up his dream of being a blues singer. Just like Jimmy Nelson, he had his mind blown by hearing Big Joe Turner when he was 15. He started as a saxophone player, but after hearing Big Joe, he had to sing. This song we're going to play is from his early period as a blues singer. Later on, he went on to become one of the best-known songwriters from the 50s and 60s. He wrote the song Save the Last Dance for Me, getting the idea at his wedding. Confined to a wheelchair, he could only watch his wife dance with family and friends. It was a bittersweet moment, and Doc wrote down an idea on a napkin, and the beginning of Save the Last Dance for Me was written. Here's one from a few years earlier, when he was singing them himself. Here's Doc Thomas, sent for the doctor. Well, they call me Doc, I can make you feel so good. Well, they call me Doc, I can make you feel so good. Two more for you, Nettie Man. If you ever feel stiff around your back, just send for me and you'll hear it crack. Call me Doc, make you feel so good. Two more for you, Nettie Man, in this neighborhood. Look out, Ray! Do a hundred and nine. Then for the doctor, make you feel so good. Two more for 
Nobody loved music like Doc. You could all see him in clubs in New York, right up front. At one point in the 60s, he retired from the world of music to be part of the underground high-stakes poker circuit. He wasn't a real doctor, but this other famous card player was. Doc Holliday, cohort of Wyatt Earp. He was a dentist, but he gave that up once he got tuberculosis. His doctor recommended that he go west where the dry air was. He ended up in Tombstone, Arizona. He became a gambler and was shot dead a number of times, most notably during the 1881 shootout at the O.K. Corral. He has some other famous doctors who aren't doctors at all. There's Dr. J, Julius Irving, basketball star, but not a doctor. There's Theodore Geisel, known as Dr. Seuss. He wrote The Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham. Not a doctor. Doc Sevenson, trumpet player on The Tonight Show. Sharp-dressed man, but not a doctor. Doc Watson, flat-picking guitar expert? Yes. Doctor? No. There's Dr. Dre and Dr. John. Great recording artists, but it stops there. They're not doctors. You can't be serious. The thing is virtually made out of stone. Help it. Treat it. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. You're a healer. There's a patient. That's an order. The next performer was born in Heidelberg, Germany, and moved to Los Angeles when he was three years old. He joined the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band for a short time and made quite a reputation writing songs that Linda Ronstadt and the Birds recorded. In 1971, he signed with Asylum Records, and the following year put out this song. From his debut album, here's Jackson Brown and Doctor My Eyes. Doctor My Eyes have seen the years Slow parade of fears without crying Now I want to understand I have done all that I could To see the evil and the good without hiding You must help me if you can Doctor, my
Jackson Brown and Dr. My Eyes. While we're on the subject, in 1784, Ben Franklin developed bifocal glasses. He was having trouble seeing up close and at a distance. He was getting sick and tired of having to switch his glasses all the time. So he figured out a way to have both kinds of lenses fit into one frame. The longer distance lens was put at the top and the up close lens was placed on the bottom. You see, if I was in charge of this, I'd put the long-distance lens on the left eye and the close-up lens in the right eye. You just have to keep one eye open. What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Tens of thousands of doctors in all branches of medicine in all parts of the country were asked that question. What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? The brand named most was Camel. Yes, surveys show more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. Smoke Camels, the cigarette so many doctors enjoy. During the Middle Ages to the early 1700s, much dental work was done by barber surgeons. They would not only extract teeth and perform minor surgery, they would also cut hair, apply leeches, and perform embalming. They were kind of the Swiss Army knife of health care. Well, Dinah Washington has a song all about a dentist, and he's quite an operator himself. Here's Dinah with her song about the seven-foot-tall dentist. Long John Blues. I've got a dentist who's over seven feet tall. Yes, I've got a dentist who's over seven feet tall. Long John, they call him, and he answers every call. Yes, I went to Long John's office and told him the pain was killing. He told me not to worry, that my cavity just needed filling. He said when I start drilling, I'll have to give you Novocaine. Yes, when I start drilling, I'll have to give you no overcame. Cause every woman just can't stand the pain. 
He took out his trusty drill And he told me to open wide He said he wouldn't hurt me But he'd feel my hole inside Long John, Long John You've got that golden touch You thrill me when you drill me And I need you very much When he got through He said, baby, that will cost you ten Yes, when he got through He said, that will cost you ten Six months from now Come back and see me again You're supposed to see your dentist About twice a year, that's right But I think I feel it thobbing Guess I'll go back there tonight Long John, Long John Don't ever move away Say I hope I keep on aching So I can see you every day That was Dinah Washington here on Theme Time Radio Hour, where we're calling out the medics and talking about doctors. I went to the farmer's market with John Cusack. He had some opinions about today's subject. My feeling about doctors, Bob, is a little complicated, because especially here in the West, I'm not sure how many of them are interested in actually healing anyone. But it makes me think of kind of a physical thing that I saw on stage a long time ago. A patient walks into a doctor's office and he says, uh, Doctor, I'm feeling sick. And the doctor hits him with the right cross. And um, the patient says, well, why did you do that? And the doctor said, because I'm a doctor. The patient says, perfect, willing to accept inexcusable brutality as long as it comes from an authority figure. Thanks, John. Well, that's something to mull over. Lord Levy was born in 1930 in St. Mary, Jamaica. He recorded for the Calypso record label, and that's Calypso with a K. He actually recorded in a style which was known as Rural Mento. It was kind of the pre-ska, which was kind of the pre-reggae. The mental band would usually feature banjo, acoustic guitar, percussion, and something called the rumba box. Like Calypso, this music was often taken from the newspaper and usually quite risque. Here's a song that meets both of those criteria. It's all about the report that Dr. Kinsey filed. All about the sexual behavior of the male and the female. Was Dr. Kinsey a real doctor? Why, yes, he was. And I'll tell you all about him in a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Yes, he seems Dr. Kinsey writes a big report. All about my favorite indoor sports. In the past few years, he published big tales about the sexual behavior of a human male. Dr. Kinsey, Dr. Kinsey, he's a curious sport. Big In the past five years, he has nothing to do. So we gather information for volume two. And volume two, she go by the name of a sexual behavior of a human dame. Big report. 
Sexual Behavior in the Human Male in 1948. Sold a quarter of a million copies. Five years later, he published Sexual Behavior in the Human Dame, though he called it the Human Female. This book opened a lot of people's eyes about what women like and what everybody needs. According to his research, there were six different outlets to sexual orgasm. They were masturbation, petting, nocturnal dreams, heterosexual coitus, homosexual behaviors, and bestiality. I'm batting about 40%. They maintain perfect health through the use of just one basic medicine. This? Mm-hmm. What is it? Well, it's made up of special herbs, and the formula has been carefully guarded and handed down from one generation to another. Mother, so that's what this is. How much? Well, four fifty. But, Larry, you can't expect... Mom, a quack is a quack. All he's interested in is taking money from people. Well, she's six feet tall, red on the ball, don't like nothing but how to call. How to call was one of the most famous patent medicines in history. It was an elixir created by Louisiana State Senator Dudley J. LeBlanc. How to call is a contraction of Happy Day Company with an L at the end because that was LeBlanc's initial. He mixed the first batch in big barrels 12% alcohol, some B-complex vitamins, some iron, some calcium, some phosphorus, a little bit of honey. He put out a pamphlet called Good Health, Life's Greatest Blessing. 
and talked about how I had a call was a good remedy for anemia, arthritis, asthma. It goes all the way down to ulcers. By 1950, he had grossed about $20 million. He resurrected the old style medicine show. We made it even bigger. He had a caravan of 130 vehicles traveling through the south, selling Hadakal. Dixieland bands would play, there are chorus girls and big stars like Connie Boswell, Carmen Miranda, Roikov, Chico Marx, Minnie Pearl, and Hank Williams. And at one point, they had a midget and a man over nine feet tall who displayed the before and after effects of Hadakal. I'm not doubting its medical usefulness, but in certain dry areas of the South, druggists sold it by the shot. And in certain Midwestern communities, Hadakal could be found pretty easily at high school parties. You hear references to Hadakal in lots of Cajun songs, country songs, and lots of rhythm and blues songs. Let's hear a little hillbilly music about our favorite patented medicine. This is Bill Nettles and the Dixie Blue Boys. Bill recorded this song in 1950 for the Mercury record label. It was a hit, number nine on the country charts. How to Call Boogie is supposedly the first song that Jerry Lee Lewis ever performed in public. Jerry Lee never recorded it, but it's always been part of his live repertoire. You never know when he's going to pull it out. Here's the original version, How to Call Boogie, Bill Nettles and the Dixie Blue Boys. All the time to do the Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie. boogie makes you boogie woogie all the time. I'm standing on the corner with a bottle in my hand, and up stepped the mama, said, My Hattie Call Man, she done the Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie makes you boogie woogie all the time. I went down to the farm to rest about a week, but the farmer's wife, she got to walking in her sleep, she done the Hattie Call Boogie. Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie. Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie makes you boogie woogie all the time. If your radiator leaks and your motor stands still, I'll give her Hattie Call and watch her boogie up the hill. She'll do the Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie makes you boogie woogie all the time. The rooster and the hen, they were standing in the shade. The rooster done the boogie while the hen lay. The egg he done the Hattie Call Boogie. Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie. Hattie Call Boogie. The Hattie Call Boogie makes you boogie woogie all the time. The 
other little chicken dicky other around They done the boogie woogie till the sun went down They done the Hattie Call Boogie The Hattie Call Boogie The Hattie Call Boogie makes you boogie woogie all the time Bill Nettles and they had a call Boogie. In the early days of patent medicine, before the Food and Drug Administration stepped in, there was nothing to stop medicine makers from claiming anything and putting anything in their products. You would even see syrups made for teething and colicky babies that contain morphine and alcohol. Some other examples of famous patent medicines include Stillman's Freckle Cream, Excelsior Skin Food, Dr. Bunker's Egyptian Oil, Dr. Lindley's Epilepsy Remedy, Tuberculosine, the new remedy for consumption, Tots Teething Cordial, and the Rattlesnake Oil King's Liniment for Rheumatism. Today's doctors, drugs, and medical devices truly work medical miracles for young and old alike. Investigate before you invest in health services or products. Help stamp out quackery. Charles Alderson created something in 1885 that sounds like it could have been a patent medicine, but it's not. He was in Waco, Texas, working in a place called Morrison's Old Corner Drugstore. He was serving up carbonated drinks at the soda fountain. He liked mixing up his own recipes. One of them got to be very popular, and customers used to come in and ask Alderson to shift him a Waco. Alderson named the drink after a good friend of his, Dr. Charles Pepper. He took the child's out, and nowadays we drink Dr. Pepper. In 1904, he was introduced to 20 million people attending the World's Fair Exposition in St. Louis. That's the same World's Fair that introduced hamburger and hot dog buns, as well as ice cream cones. She be drinking Dr. Pepper when she comes. She be drinking Dr. Pepper when she comes. She be drinking Dr. Pepper with all the pepper. She be drinking Dr. Pepper when she comes. Well, hello there. We've been expecting you. It's Dr. Pepper time. Time for a quarter hour of your favorite old-timey songs, presented by Roy Hall and the Blue Ridge Entertainers, and brought to you by your good friend, your neighborhood Dr. Pepper dealer. Dr. Pepper, the drink that's good for life. Dr. Pepper, the cold weather drink. We say the cold weather drink because Dr. Pepper is a blend of pure fruit flavors with a lemon base. That lemon base tends to alkalize your system and helps keep you away from bad colds all through the winter months. So now that old man winter is really here, don't forget Dr. Pepper, the cold weather drink. No, we don't say Dr. Pepper will cure a bad cold or anything else for that matter, but we do know that Dr. Pepper with its lemon base will help you stay away from a bad cold all through the winter. So take home a handy six bottle carton today. James Bryce said, Medicine is the only profession that labors incessantly to destroy the reason for its own existence. Well, other than Prague Rock. You know, sometimes you see a record and the title just doesn't make sense to you. First time I saw this 45, I thought the name was Walking Dr. Bill. I don't know who Dr. Bill was, but I listened to it and I realized that B.B. King was saying that he's a Walking Dr. Bill because he's messed up ever since his lady left him. Well, now it makes perfect sense. Here's BB and the Walking Doctor Bill.
Dr. Bill. That'd be a good name for a blues singer. Walking Dr. Bill. By the way, B.B. King has 24 children, and he's still married to his high school sweetheart. Why, there's no stopping Tom Waits. Every time I tell him what show we're doing, regularly as clockwork, I find a cassette in my mailbox. Let's see what Tom has to say on today's subject. I heard you're doing something on medicine and doctors, Bob. I found something here on the the RX sign used today uh, on pharmaceutical prescriptions was originally an astrological sign for the planet Jupiter. The use of this sign originated way back in the Middle Ages when doctors believed that the planets actually influenced your health. And Jupiter was thought to be the most powerful of all the heavenly bodies in curing disease. Thanks, Tom. This is Theme Time Radio Hour, where music meets medicine. Our marker, Frank Floyd, was a hobo and a refugee. He was born in Takapolo, Mississippi in 1908. His parents separated right when he was born. Didn't even give him a proper name. They just called him Frank. He gave himself the last name Floyd, taught himself to play the harmonica and the guitar. When he was a teenager, he worked in the carnival as a comedian and a musician, and later spent 30 years hoboing. 
who started working in radio in 1932. In the mid-50s, Amaka Frank wandered into the Sun Recording Studios and laid down a number of tracks that are unlike anyone had heard in the 50s. Let's listen to Harmonica Frank and his song about Little Rabbit Twisters and Dr. Doniker. Two suits of underwear, some wonderful hair tonic, and stuff that's guaranteed to grow hair on a doorknob. The great medical menagerists, Harmonica Frank. Ladies and gentlemen, Coffee Dodgers and Little Rabbit Twisters. Step right around closely. Tell you all about a wonderful medicine show I used to work with here this afternoon. Also, we have Dr. Doniker here with us, the great medical manager of the world. We have a wonderful soap here on the market this afternoon. We had when we was here before. Gentleman bought a bar of it and took a bath in it. Found two suits of underwear he didn't even know he had. Yes, sir, brings the dirt some lather. Ladies, here's a wonderful tonic to give to your husbands. Makes him tell everything he ever has done. Not only that, but everything he intends to do. We also have a wonderful hair tonic here on the market this afternoon. It's guaranteed to go high on a doorknob in 30 minutes. Here's a letter from a gentleman up in Ohio. It reads, Dear Sir, After drinking two bottles of your hair tonic, my hair is coming out very nicely. I drank two more, I think it'll all be up. Well, I quit that job. I got me a job in a grocery store. Yes, sir. Feller came in and says, what's your butter today? Said my butter today was butter. He says, I'm proud of that. For that I got here yesterday was axle grease. Another fella come in and says, what's your prunes today? Said my prunes today is raisins with inflammatory rheumatism. Well, as a young lady came in, she says, let me see your socks. I say, you have to excuse me, miss. It's too hot. I don't wear any. Well, the boss, he got mad and fired me. Went across the street and got me a job in a butcher shop. Yes, sir. Fella came in and says, what's your liver today? I said, my liver today is ever so much. Said, I know, but how much? Oh, 10 cents a yard, how much do you have? Worst part of all is an old maid came in. She says, Mrs. Brown said you had pig's feet. Said, you go tell Miss Brown. She just told her, Popeye lie, I got human's feet just like anybody else. That was Harmonica Frank and the great medical Monazarist here on Theme Time Radio Hour where we're making a house call. Let me just put my Gladstone bag on the table and you can tell me your symptoms. The American Medicine Show became popular shortly after the Civil War. This was the golden age of those patent medicines I was telling you about before. The medicine show was played in what was known as the kerosene second of rural America. 
the rise of other forms of entertainment, and the passage of the 1906 Pure Food and Drug Act made medicine shows obsolete. But you still see their fruits? I mean, think about it. A medicine show offered so-called free entertainment to attract the audiences, and they would have intermissions to sell product. Sounds a little bit like TV and radio to me. If you want to hear some of the range of music that could be heard at medicine shows, there's a compilation called Good For What Ails You that Joe Bassard put out. I got nothing against downloads and MP3s, but getting this CD without the pictures and liner notes, well, it's not as good as having it on the big 12-inch record, but at least there's a booklet there. And believe it or not, folks, you can even read it in a power failure, as long as it's daytime. You listening to Theme Time Radio Hour? Your number one medical consultant. Hello, an emergency case for Dr. Ringding. Oh, the phones are lighting up, so let's see who we got on the line. Hello, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, hi, it's uh, Hank Brady from uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, love the show, Bob. Well, thanks, Hank. What can I do for you? I, I think I'm kind of coming down with a cold. Huh. Do you, uh, do you have any kind of advice on, on what I can do about it? Well, Hank, I'm not really a doctor. I just play one on the radio. But if you are coming down with a cold, water. Lots and lots of water. A saltwater goggle can help a scratchy throat. It might be an old wife's tale, but chicken soup does help. There's plenty of over-the-counter cold medications. And remember that cold viruses thrive in dry conditions. So keep yourself moist. Use a humidifier. You do any of these things, and I can promise you, in eight to ten days, you'll be rid of that cold. Thanks a lot, Bob. My pleasure. But you know something? Huey Piano Smith and the Clowns got a song about your current condition. Would you believe it? I have a cold. Would you believe it? I have a cold.
cold, but I've never felt better in my life. Joey Piano Smith and the Clowns, probably featuring noted cross-dresser Bobby Marchand. Would you believe it? I have a cold on Theme Time Radio Hour, where music is the best medicine. Everyone knows the Hippocratic Oath. I don't mean that they actually know it. I mean, I couldn't stop you on the street and ask you to recite it. But you know about it. It's the most widely known of Greek medical texts. New physicians would swear that they would uphold a number of professional ethical standards. Perhaps the most famous one is to do no harm. The symbol for the American Medical Association is a winged staff with two snakes wrapped around it. It was the staff carried by the Greek god Hermes. You might know him as Mercury. And in the 7th century, he became linked to alchemy. There are many theories about how this staff became a symbol for medicine. But some people think that alchemy, being a precursor to chemistry, links it to medicinal compounds, causing it to be adopted by the AMA. That's just one of the theories. Another guy with a lot of theories is our frequent correspondent, Jack White. Along with Meg, they make more music than any two people should be allowed to make. This is the White Stripes. And girl, you have no faith in medicine. Just rattle down the street. 
I was the white stripes. Girl, you have no faith in medicine. That's for all the folks who wonder what it might have sounded like if Robert Plant sang the Monster Mash. And I mean that in the best possible way, Jack. A lot of people have no faith in medicine. Some of them just don't trust doctors. Some of them believe in alternative medicines. There are some religious groups who don't believe that modern medicine can help cure an illness. Christian scientists believe that the only cure comes from prayer and growing closer to God. I'm all for that, but I also believe doctors are very knowledgeable and keeping one foot firmly in the present. For when push comes to shove, you might find yourself hoping that someone can do what the doctor couldn't. Here's the five blind boys in Mississippi with you done what the doctor couldn't do. You know, Mississippi, you've done what the doctor couldn't do. You know, we've gotten a bunch of emails, people saying they don't like gospel music. Mostly they say they don't like it because of the subject matter. They don't want to hear religious music. Let me just point out, you can just listen to it as music. The beautiful part of it is that the people singing believe it so much. Anytime people sing about what they believe, it elevates it. You don't have to be a junkie to enjoy the Velvet Underground song, Howlin'. You don't have to have horns and a pitchfork to enjoy sympathy for the devil, but it does help. The thing is, it's all music. And when the people who believe what they're singing, it's just that much better. You're listening to Theme Time Radio Hour, your number one musical consultant. Everyone will give you different medical advice. People will tell you what to eat, how to eat it. They'll tell you what medicines to take, what vitamins, how to avoid illness, how to cure illness. But you know the truth of the matter for me? 
where I'm gonna go. All you can do is try to make the trip as interesting as possible. Whatever your field in medicine, you're caught up in the most fundamental battle of mankind. It is you and life against disease and death. The techniques will become so familiar to you that your hands go about them almost automatically. But never your mind and never your heart. That's about all we got time for this week. But in the meantime, remember what Voltaire said, the art of medicine consists of amusing the patient while nature cures the disease. I'd love to hang around, but I got a doctor's appointment. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Theme Time Radio Hour with your host, Bob Dylan. Produced by Eddie Dorodetsky. Associate producer, Ben Rollins. Continuity by Eats Martin. Editor, Damian Rodriguez. Supervising editor, Rob McCumber. Research team, Dialapse and Bernie Bernstein. With additional research by April Hayes, Callie Gladman, Terrence Michaels, Sean Patrick, and Lynn Sheridan. Librarian, Robert Bauer. Production coordinator, Debbie Sweeney. Production assistance by Jim McBean. Special thanks to Randy Azradi, Coco Shinomiya, and Samson's Diner. For XM Radio, Lee Abrams. Recorded in Studio B in the historic Abernathy Building. Studio engineer, Tex Carbone. This has been a great watermark production in association with Big Red Tree. This is your announcer, Pierre Mancini, speaking. Join us again next week when our subject is... Danger. Danger.